Hi, my name is Ben Hopkin, and the first thing that I want to do is to thank you for checking out my podcast, Acting Without the Drama, where we keep the drama on the stage and in front of the camera and out of our personal lives. So basically, what I've developed here is a very straightforward approach to the craft of acting, and it's something that I feel very passionately about. So before we go any further, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my background, where I came from, and why I started doing this whole acting thing in the first place. I started acting when I was about seven. My dad teaches classical voice for singers, and he would direct and act in operas and musicals all during my growing up years. I spent so many hours watching rehearsals where my dad was either singing or acting or also directing the actors and singers. And I think that that's where I first got my taste for the magic of theater. Or, I don't know, maybe more accurately, the magic of creating. My first role was in an opera, Johnny Skiki. I still remember the lines that I sang, and I know I will absolutely not be singing them for you. <laughs> so I continued acting as I went through elementary, middle, and high school, but somehow, luckily, managed to miss out on that whole drama club black eyeliner thing. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later in the podcast. I made this last-ditch effort in college to be normal. I enrolled as an aerospace engineering major, but I couldn't stay away from acting. I kept doing it on the side, and soon enough, this whole side-acting thing had sort of consumed my life, and I realized that I wasn't doing very well in my classes. I was actually in real danger of failing out. You know, I came in with all of this promise. I was a National Merit Scholar. I had a scholarship. I mean, it was all of this stuff, and boy, I was not fulfilling the early promise of my youth. <laughs> so I transferred schools. I switched majors to theater, and for the first time, I started actually enjoying collegiate life. I loved what I was doing. I got married while I was in college, and I also had my first son before I graduated. So after that, I went to grad school at the Old Globe Theater, which is connected with the University of San Diego. And they have a program where they accept seven students a year out of hundreds of applicants. And they give full tuition scholarships and monthly stipends to the people that are admitted into the program. So it made a whole lot of sense to a married guy with a child to go in and try to get through without taking out too many student loans. I was actually the first person to enter that program married with a child. And it was also the first person to enter married and still be married by the time I left the program. <laughs> I was so excited to be there. The program there, it's year-round, and it's also incredibly intensive. I was trying to make ends meet as a father, and so I was working three part-time jobs many times in addition to my classwork and my stage work. I taught part-time. I managed the apartment where the out-of-town actors would stay. And I even dressed up as the Grinch uh, to go do these promotional things for the Globe's How the Grinch Stole Christmas show. And I was so busy and I was getting so little sleep that I was starting to have a real problem staying awake in class. And the only way that I could figure out how to stay awake was to stand up. So I spent a good portion of my schooling on my feet. <laughs> and everybody in, in my class knew that I was having a particularly bad day if I was standing the entire time. 
And I have to say it was all worth it. I had so much fun with my graduate program. I don't know that I have ever felt so artistically challenged and fulfilled as I did while I was there. I was working with Emmy and Tony award-winning actors and directors. I was living, eating, sleeping, and breathing the craft of acting. Yeah, it was there that I was really able to hone and refine my skills. I went to grad school mostly because I knew that I wanted to teach at some point. And I also thought, hey, you know, I'll go, I'll make some connections with other artists. I was really naive. I kind of arrogantly thought that I was pretty well trained at that point. You know, I had had some comments from people saying, hey, you're better trained than most of the graduate actors I see coming out. And this is right after my undergraduate experience. But here's the thing. Training in an art form, it's a lifelong process. I learned so much while I was there about how to truly access all of myself as a performer. So after grad school, I came here to Los Angeles, and I've been teaching and coaching acting, voice, and dialects for about 10 years in the industry now. Most recently, I was the director of the acting program for the New York Film Academy at Universal Studios, where I ran the program, and I also taught in the undergraduate and MFA programs in acting for film for about five years. I actually helped to develop the MFA in acting for film, which is the first one and the only one that exists as far as I know. Since leaving the Academy, I have co-founded a production company, which currently has a slate of seven feature films and six television pilots in development. I still continue to coach and teach privately and also for production companies. You know, I, over the course of my teaching, I've developed an approach to the craft of acting that's very practical in its focus. It minimizes that whole, hey, look, I just slashed my wrists thing that so many of us as performers get caught up in. So if you're somebody that likes to sit in the dark while you listen to even darker music or somebody that takes pride in how much you hate everyone on the planet that isn't as sensitive as you or you wear black on the outside because black is how you feel on the inside, this podcast may not be the right one for you. <laughs> Actually, hold on. Strike that. Reverse it. This podcast is probably perfect for you. Uh, I don't know. Maybe even by the end of it, we'll get you to start experimenting with color. Crazy. So one of the first myths that I would like to dispel is the one that says that you have to be miserable in order to create that you have to feel everything deeply and show everyone that you are feeling everything deeply. And yes, in case you couldn't tell, that is feel with all capital letters. The ideas that I'm going to share with you are ones that you can directly apply to creating vibrant, powerful, moving performances. But weirdly enough, they're also ideas that are useful in dealing with some of the most troubling tapes that run on in our heads. All that crap that cycles endlessly through our brains. The little insidious voices that tell us that we don't deserve success. We don't deserve to be happy. Oh, and here's one of the worst. We don't deserve love. <laughs> now, before I go any further, let me be very clear about something. Please don't misunderstand me. Acting is not therapy. I'm going to repeat that. Acting is absolutely not therapy. However... It can be very therapeutic. A performance that really moves an audience kind of requires that the actor go to a place where they really know themselves. 
And the other part that's even more scary, it requires that we go to a place where the audience can really know us. Yeah, I, I think that most of us get into acting because we want to pretend to be somebody else. We're trying to escape from our lives for one reason or another. But the really cruel irony is, is that really the best performances reveal us. They come from us, from our spark, our soul, what we have to offer that's really unique to us as individuals. I've seen some pretty amazing character actors, ones that have flawless technique, who can really amaze you with their skills as long as that character isn't too close to who they actually are. The second that you ask them to do a part that mirrors themselves too closely, they have a tendency to kind of flail about. You know, they turn in these performances that really aren't all that memorable. I worked with an actor once. He, he was one of those guys that just oozed sex. You weren't sure if he liked men or women, but you knew that he liked something a lot. But the second that he would get on stage, it was like he was just cut off from the waist down. There was nothing there. That entire aspect of his personality was just hidden. Yeah, he might as well have been a eunuch up there. And that's one of the things that we're going to talk about as well as we go further. So, the next myth that we need to talk about, that's the one that says that you aren't an actor until you're being paid as an actor. Here is the truth. Actors act. Period. End of statement. Wherever, whenever, however they can. Getting paid for acting is a step in the process that may or may not happen for you later on. And whether or not it actually does occur, I believe, kind of depends on us and who we choose to be. And here's where I guess it gets a little mystical. You'll find that my approach incorporates magic. We're going to talk about magic in this podcast. I really believe that the world is a magic place if you allow it to be a magic place. It's one of the central themes that we're going to be coming back to again and again as we go through these podcasts. So the questions that you need to ask yourself are, are you willing to be fearless in opening yourself up? And also in learning to parent some of those very, very young, very, very negative voices that are going to immediately start to rear their ugly heads as soon as you start in this process. The second that you really start to open up and communicate with someone else, you're immediately going to come head to head with all of this crap that's going to come up for you. And if you're not willing to deal with the issues that come up, I'm not going to say that you're never going to find success. I've seen plenty of people who don't deal with their crap and still manage to be successful, but the success will almost certainly make you miserable. You will be successful, but you will be terribly unhappy. Now, if you're willing to deal with the stuff that comes up and you're really willing to sort of work through your issues, what you may find is that your definition of success will actually change. And that can be an incredible thing. So if you're in this because you want to be famous or you want to make a lot of money, well, I got to tell you, you're probably not in this for the right reasons. And you're going to have a hard time translating this training into effective performances. You know, if you want to be famous, hire a publicist. There are plenty of people out there who are famous for just being famous. And then on the other hand, if you want to make a lot of money, I would recommend that you go to school and learn about something that's going to make you a lot of money. Become a doctor, become a lawyer, become a, a video game programmer. Because the craft of acting is one that's going to require a lot of you in terms of really opening up. It's going to require dedication, commitment, and it requires you to look deep within yourself at all of those places that you would rather not see and not flinch. 
So, where do we go from here? Well, I did allude to it earlier. We're going to talk about magic. Practical magic. Because I, I really believe that acting is practical magic. Actually, it goes a little bit deeper than that. Creating is practical magic, and I certainly feel that acting is creating. Well, at least it can be. There are plenty of examples of acting that I would maybe not include in the creating category, but in the best of worlds, it is one of the supreme examples of making something that didn't exist before the actor steps in. You'll find that getting there will not always feel like this wonderful magic carpet ride. There is definitely a process to learning the craft of acting, and that is the practical part of the practical magic. You have to have both. The magic on its own, uh, it's a little dicey. You know, it's not consistent. My approach, it combines the mystique of charisma, that thing that people talk about, oh, he's got charisma, he's magnetic, she's got that indefinable it quality. It's that thing that we think is inborn. If you don't have it, you can't get it. Too bad, so sad. But I, I really think that that's a lie. You really can learn to be charismatic if you choose to be. And we'll talk more about that later. Now, the magic without the practicality, it's always going to be inconsistent and unreliable. And practicality on its own can be impressive, but it ultimately leaves us cold. We may be really impressed by what we see, really amazed, but we leave unchanged, unaffected. Now, practical magic is really not a middle ground in between these two things. It's really kind of a third place where the technique gives shape and support to the raw energy of the connection, and it also requires one more element that brings everything together. This brings us back to my approach. I call it the three C's of acting. I know it's totally cheesy, but it also is easy to remember. The three C's that I'm going to be talking about over the course of these podcasts stand for connection, communication, and commitment. Connection is the magic part. Communication is the technique. It's the craft. And then commitment is the glue that holds everything together. It allows you to do both at the same time. In the next podcast, I'm going to be talking about connection, then followed by probably a couple on communication and then commitment. After that, I'm going to be interviewing Carolyn McRae, who is my production partner. She's a director and a writer, so that we can start to understand what the director and the writer need from us as actors. And this is a hugely important piece of the puzzle that we have to be aware of. We're also going to be interviewing some working actors to hear directly from them what they've done to make a living at this whole crazy acting thing. So until then, what I want you to do is I want you to go out and start to act. Get involved in a class, audition for a play, read, 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 read scripts, read plays, lots of them, as many as you can get your hands on. Go to Barnes & Noble and just camp out. Read classics, read modern plays. You're going to want to read Shakespeare, Ibsen, Chekhov, Shaw, and then the modern classics, Eugene O'Neill, Tennessee Williams, Arthur Miller, Samuel Beckett. Uh, you're going to want to read David Mamet, Lanford Wilson, Sam Shepard. You want to start to read these playwrights so that you can start to get a feel for dramatic structure. We're going to be talking about that more when we get to the script analysis portion of the podcasts. Getting comfortable with the language of drama, learning about comedic writing, looking at Moliere and, and then looking at Neil Simon. And don't laugh. Neil Simon gets dismissed a lot, but the man understood comedic pacing. He understood setups and payoffs. And while you're reading these plays, pick a monologue out of the text. Memorize it. 
practice it, perform it, perform it for your family, perform it for your friends, your pets, if you can't get anybody else to watch you. This process of learning is exactly that. It's a process. A lot of us want to go into it already perfect. We get really upset when somebody offers us an honest critique, <laughs> especially if we feel like they're not qualified. But part of the process of being a true student, which by the way, you should never stop being a student. It's learning to take criticism from wherever it comes. You know, if the janitor comes in and says that your performance didn't work on some level, there is potentially valuable information there that we might dismiss just because we're being prideful. Pride is the death of creativity. If you are not willing to listen, that is stupidity incarnate. Learn to listen, take in the critique, and you will continually improve. Now, that doesn't mean that you always have to agree with what they're saying, but you want to at least take it in and assess it. See whether or not you think that there's maybe some truth to it. Connect with other people out there that love acting. Start working together. Read plays together, read scripts together, get together and workshop stuff. Work on scenes, work on whatever you can do to be constantly acting. Remember what I said, actors act. That's the rule, that's the thing. So start acting right now. Make the choice to be an actor. It really is up to you, so go out now and go do it. That's your homework for next time. So thank you for joining me for this introductory podcast, and we'll be talking again soon about connection. Thank you for listening to our series, Creating Without the Drama. For more information about this podcast and many others, including Writing Without the Drama, please go to www.creatingwithoutthedrama.com.